Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Commons People, the HuffPost Politics Podcast. With me, Owen Bennett, Ned Simons, Martha Gill and Paul War. This week, we'll be talking about the annual Labour Leadership Contest, Theresa May's first outing at P&Q's, and what the hell is going on in America. As I said, another summer, another Labour Leadership Contest. This week, it was decided by Labour MPs that Owen Smith would be the challenger to Jeremy Corbyn, with Angela Eagle bowing out gracefully. Smith launches campaign proper this week, which for some reason involved him talking about his sex life on Good Morning Britain. Here's a clip. Did you ever try Viagra? No, I haven't actually. <laughs> I haven't, the I have, we I haven't needed it. Corbyn kicked off his campaign today with a speech in London in which he offered simultaneously the hand of friendship to Labour MPs and then a slap of deselection at the same time. Here is a clip of that. If this parliament runs to full term, then the new boundaries will be the basis on which selections take place. On that case, there would be a full selection process in every constituency, but the sitting MP for any part or any substantial part of the new boundary would have um, an opportunity to put their name forward. So there will be a full and open selection process for every Labour constituency, well, every constituency Labour Party throughout the whole of the UK, and uh, we'll know the first draft of the boundary review this year. Mr Paul War, you were there today when Jeremy Corbyn launched his second leadership campaign in the space of a year. Did it feel different from the first? You know what, it did feel different. It felt different mainly because the world's media were there. (laughs) (laughs) Last year, let's be frank, one man and a dog turned up to Jeremy Corbyn meetings very early on. I remember actually in the House of Commons, we invited virtually everyone, for all the leadership contenders for lunch. Mm. But Jeremy Corbyn, somehow there couldn't be a a slot fan in his diary or whatever, so it didn't happen. I remember the first lunch in that sequence was Liz Kendall. Liz Kendall went went down a storm. Uh, Yvette Cooper was okay, Andy Burnham was okay, but there was no Corbyn. And that actually was the story of the media narrative of that summer. You know, slowly but surely he came up on the rails. Uh, Today, completely different. The world's media were there, massed ranks of cameramen, TV camera crews and journalists all asking questions. But what wasn't different was the sort of people that Jeremy attracts. And the room was full of young people and it was very ethnically diverse, more diverse than any party rally I've ever been to. Um, and there was a genuine enthusiasm, dare I say even love, for Jeremy Corbyn in the room. And, you know, it, it, it was really significant, I thought, that sort of mood. that He's, he's going to use that throughout the whole of this summer to say, look, I am different, I've proved I'm different. And Ned, you were at a rally last night, which Corbyn was also at, and it wasn't a momentum rally, it was a Labour against austerity. I mean, I get confused. I don't think it really makes a difference, does it? Yeah, I think sort of similar kind of groups, like momentum and Labour against austerity. It's interesting, Paul, that you mentioned that it was an ethnic diverse crowd, because my experience of going to a lot of these Corbyn events, guaranteed they, are, they have been in kind of London, have been there, haven't been ethnic diverse, have been mm. very, very white. Right. Actually, I remember one 
last time round. I think I spent last summer going to these events. I think I'll do the same this year. There was a big one he had in his constituency. I remember it being almost exclusively white. That's interesting. So it's interesting if that maybe is changing yeah. or something. Um, maybe it's because more young people. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I went to this event last night. Diane Abbott was there. Richard Bergen, who's was. the she, she loved these things. Uh, Richard Bergen, who's shadow justice secretary, gave the kind of barnstorming rallying. Cool. He's a good public speaker. A good, really good public I've seen speaker. Him before, and he's good mm. at firing up the crowd. And, I thought that was interesting when Ned wrote that overnight. Actually, that Richard Bergen. Yeah, you know, he was you very. Wouldn't expect that. But he was very he good. Sadly, I couldn't actually record it because my phone ran out of storage. Typically, oh, excuses, but, excuses. But, uh, excuses. But you no, know, he was very good. Um, he does get the crowd very whipped up. And this meeting happened just after the figures came out showing how many people had signed up in. I think was it three days? One hundred and eighty thousand yeah. people uh, registered supporters to vote in the campaign. So the mood was quite. Buoyant. I think the atmosphere there of the kind of two, three hundred people was this was good for Corbyn. But also this, this there, was a, there, there was a revelation, wasn't there? There was a huge revelation. Well, from yeah. Chris so um, Chris Williamson, a former Labour MP for Derby North, uh, said slightly tongue in cheek, but you know he had, the message behind it was clear. He said that Labour MPs who are anti-Corbyn were somehow Linton Crosby spies who are just been activated. The sleeper cell had been activated in time to try and bring bring Corbyn down. I, I, if they were kind of better sleeper cell, they would have just not put him on the ballot in the first place <laughs> last time yeah. round. And also, but <laughs> what was the word? I, I tweeted, I wonder what the word was, and so the activated someone <laughs> tweeted back, Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why I kept having to say it? That's because they weren't yeah. getting the message. Which, oh, that, no, that because that makes Ken part of the Linton Cosby. There's a deep web of yeah, things yeah, yeah, happening yeah. here. Uh, yeah, so Corbyn spoke at the rally, uh, his usual kind of thing, Dan Abbott as well, Bergen, some union officials. Um, uh, NEC member I thought was interesting, Christine Shawcroft, um, who spoke mainly about um, the intimidation of MPs that's been reported, and particularly was she pro it? Or? Well, she interestingly, she, her point was she was saying a lot of these complaints, particularly from Andrew Eagle's people um, around intimidation of her, is that actually it's a smear campaign against Corbyn, and a lot of this um, threats, sh- uh, the argument she was saying was isn't actually happening. Which I think if you're Andrew Eagle or MPs are helping getting threats, yeah. this isn't going to go down too well, particularly from an NEC member who's been sitting in the meetings where they've been discussing. Yep. Whether to cancel local meetings. Well, she's, she's very representative, though, of Corbynistas because it's a meme online, this, this constant idea that somehow the very word intimidation and threat mm. is a smear against Corbyn mm. supporters. Uh, because up in Liverpool, and as it happened, the Wallasey constituency party was suspended by HQ yesterday morning uh, and because of lots of these allegations. Um, it's been going around a lot that actually that the window that was smashed in Corbyn, um, in uh, Andrew Eagle's constituency office, A, it wasn't her office, it was a communal window, is what all the Corbynistas are saying. And B, there'd been a lot of uh, sort of vandalism around yeah. there recently that was unrelated to anything to do with politics. Yeah. Just a so coincidence that the so day that she declared. It was just a coincidence yeah. that it was exactly the same day that yeah. she declared yeah. for yeah. the leadership. So Totally aware of And again. the same goes for Thangam Debonair. You know, th- she came out and, and against Jeremy, but then online you see this this sort of... Uh, constant messaging, which was actually, you know, well, when was her cancer, and how long was her cancer for, and when, and there was oh lot, all, there's constant questioning of, mm-hmm. of the MP's account of their intimidation or their role in it. Uh, sorry, uh, Jess Phillips uh, said she submitted 96 pages of, of abuse yeah, from yeah. Labour members to a, a Labour investigation this week, and also she tweeted that Joe Cox had got a lot of abuse uh, in the sort of days leading up to her. Yeah, death, um, which of course has nothing to do with Labour members, but but there was a, there was a sort of a, a there's this sort of 
constant <laughs> targeting of Labour MPs, mm. it seems. But they're now actually doing something about it. Um, Yvette Cooper said she would sort of look into actually suspending Labour members, which is which is quite a big step if it mm. if it actually happens. Although whether Jeremy Corbyn is on board with this, they wouldn't say. Yeah, because Martha, you were at a conference, weren't you? A special conference, Reclaim the Internet, which is all about this idea that what can we do to stop this sort of online road rage? Mm. I mean, did you come away thinking that a, the problem was much bigger than we many of us thought, and B, that there was any real seriousness on the part of the party to do something about it. Well, I mean, the, the problem is certainly is certainly very large, probably bigger than than we think, because th- this this kind of stuff has been <laughs> well. I mean, you know, abusive comments on the internet have been going on since since the birth of the internet, um, and it's sort of something that does get reported on when there's a a burst of it. For example, after Brexit, there was a mm. big burst of sort of xenophobia um, online, and that that did get reported on. But, but it's sort of this constant background no- noise, so it's difficult to keep track. Um, in terms of the seriousness, uh, this 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 actually did seem quite serious because what we've heard from Jeremy Corbyn, sort of who's who mostly speaks on behalf of Labour, um, uh, when this where this is concerned, is just kind of vague comments about, you know, we mustn't, intim- you know, this this is not on, but no kind of serious action. This is the first time uh, with Yvette Cooper's campaign to actually take some action that Labour's actually done anything about it. So so we'll see how far that goes. Yeah, let's, let's see how it goes during the leadership contest as well between Smith and Corbyn. Mm. They both say they're going to play nice, play fair. Uh, let's see. Well, let's talk about that because Smith is obviously the contender. And you say play nice, play fair. Diane Abbott was on Radio 4 today program uh, this morning thursday and she made big play at the fact that owen smith once dared and i, I can't believe i'm speaking these words to have a job in the private sector and not only that to work for a pharmaceutical company which we know in the in the new rules of labor it's not allowed you're only allowed to work in parliament or for a charity or for the nhs directly that that's right yeah. Ned, right yeah because i don't <laughs> I've, got, I've, got, I've got nothing there because oh, and you're so it was cynical. you've absolutely uh, yeah, it was that. Okay, interesting. Talk about well, Smith, right? So let's talk about this. So he worked for pharmaceutical company, worked for Pfizer, and he was a lobbyist for them. And this is seen as evidence. And he made some comments in the past called this right, where he's indicated that perhaps it could be more private efficient. In favourite choice. choice. I think what the Blairite word that is, Mitch, choice. I think the Abbott interview was interesting this morning because one of the key things things she said there was that she didn't think party members would be that keen on someone who had worked as a lobbyist for a pharmaceutical company. But obviously, that's her telling Labour members don't be keen on this thing that he's done. So she, she br- they bring it up very deliberately. Obviously, that's going to decide to target him with. Um, you saw Corbyn today at his speech when asked about Abbott's, co- Abbott's comments. He said, you know, I didn't actually listen myself, but I, I heard what she said on social media and I basically agree and went on to talk about big big pharmaceutical yeah. and what should happen with, with those firms. So it's obviously a tactic they're going to pursue. I think we'll see that probably over and over again through the campaign it was, it was over the summer. a good example of the way Jeremy Corbyn operates, actually, because he'll say, on the one hand, he doesn't want to, you know, didn't want to make it personal. Yet, on the on the other hand, he will not attack someone on his side like Diane Abbott, and he'll go further and actually flag up this whole issue of Pfizer and Big Pharma and basically uh, authorise that attack line. And so it, it was quite interesting in just the, the, the tactics and the way he handled it. And it's very similar. It's always a bang on about these rallies because they've become my life, but at these yeah, things where, 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 um, <laughs> where you see people like Dan Abbott, his allies, McDonnell, or union officials, or whoever they are, who, who do uh, go after the opponents, which is totally fine, it's politics, yeah. and in a campaign, you're allowed to attack your, yeah. your opposition, of course you are, but Corbyn often isn't in the room when it happens, he'll often turn up at the start or at the end, do his 
I don't want to be part of any gutter politics or personal attacks. And then he'll leave. And yeah. he'll leave the kind of more, uh, I don't know what the word would be, kind of vibrant political things to, to other people. And he's, he's not there to... Uh, he, he well, can't say don't do it because he's not in the room. Well, that was interesting about the launch today. He had a, he had a backdrop, and the slogan was the people's voice, not the people's choice, the people's voice. And I, I, he's obviously got this uh, as his main strategy in the campaign, which is I'm representing the views of those people who just haven't been heard for years. They've been shut out of Westminster, and it's sort of anti-establishment thing. And it's quite powerful. The only drawback is, um, as as far as I recall, the people's voice was a website that was launched by David Icke, but we'll, we'll, we'll move <laughs> on. <Wow. from> that. <laughs> I'll need Hang to verify on that. On the lizards. Hold of the, hold a the sleeper page. lizard. Yeah, uh, and of course he's representing the views of people who are increasingly loud, aren't they? And sort of very vibrant. Um, just a little bit of feedback on the podcast from a listener. Uh, oh, we like this. Uh, <laughs> Is it? W- <laughs> no. Right. What are you nothing. Nothing. It's not Graham. Right. <laughs> Sam Jones. This is his, re- his response to last week with our uh, debutante. Martha Gill. As promised, listened. And nice to have Martha. Balanced views. Did miss stat of the week, though. <laughs> so that's a listener saying that. So, uh, so have you got one, Aaron? No, I haven't got one. You, that's a disgrace. I, I know, you can't I know. tee that I, up and not have one. Well, I just wanted to demonstrate the fact that's how different I am to Jeremy Corbyn. I ignore the people's voice. Um, <laughs> so uh, another week, another moment of history, of course. Theresa May took part in her first Prime Minister's question since becoming Tory leader. Any fears the occasion might overawe her were banished when she delivered this withering put-down to Jeremy Corbyn. I suspect that there are many members on the opposition benches who might be familiar with an unscrupulous boss. Uh, A boss who doesn't listen to his workers. Uh, A boss boss who requires some of his workers to double their workload. A boss... And maybe even a boss who exploits the rules to further his own career. <laughs> Remind him of anybody. After she did that, I was sitting in the press gallery and we all turned to each other and just went, it's Margaret Thatcher. I mean, it was so it really Thatcher. Was. It was the, the lean, obviously you can't hear audio, but she leaned forward on the dispatch box, rested her arm just like Thatcher, tilted her head, dropped the tone of her voice. The, infl- the rhetorical question was there. Yeah, it was long. absolutely wonderful. So I have a question about this because I'm kind of loath to compare, you know, May to Thatcher. It's kind of a lazy thing that's done often, isn't it? Because they're All both right. female leaders. But, I mean, that sounded so much yeah. like her. My question is, was that deliberate? Was that a practised impression? It, was, it sounded opinion, to me like an impression. clearly practised. And actually, I said that this morning in the war zone, that I, on re-listening to that several times, I've changed my view of it. At the time, it sounded quite electric. It's quite a moment. But when I listen to it more and more again, it, 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 it's like karaoke Thatcher. It's, it's a kind of pub singer version of Margaret Thatcher. She sounds nervous. She, she hesitates when she gets the line out. And actually, it sounds kind of mean. And I think that was a mistake. Although it was brilliantly received by her own backbenches, I think it will be a mistake because it runs counter to everything she said on the steps of Downing Street, which is about reaching out, uniting Britain. Um, Thatcher isn't going to be your role model if you want to unite Britain. However... I mean, she was, of course, compared to, a, a, I think, a cheap imitator of Nigel Farage once by Chukramina at a select committee, so there's parallels there. However, if she wants to, if she sees Jeremy Corbyn as the old left Labour Party, taking them back to 1983, yeah. then why not act like the Tory leader in 1983, Margaret <laughs> no. Thatcher, and try and get the response? So really, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. Thatcher's a device people for many, but you look at a record, she goes, well, if that's what Labour are going to do, then I'm going to do this. I know, but I, I personally think over the long term, she's going to not do that as much. I thought that maybe in just a, a, a debut sort of splash, and I suspect she won't do that again. 
I agree. I think I think one of her we- the weaknesses in her delivery is when she tries to sort of make a joke or indeed sort of have a moment uh, like the Thatcher moment. She always looks a bit nervous. She she one of the first zingers that was really uh, seized upon was in the lead- leadership race where she it was an excellent line. Boris last time Boris nego- negotiated with the Germans, he came back with uh, three nearly new water cannons. Um, but if you look at the way she delivered that, mm. it was. Uh, it, it, she looked she looked so nervous around it that uh, it really didn't work for her and I wonder whether she'll she'll start dropping those and, and go back to how she sort of uh, the the, way, the delivery in which she sort of does best which is just kind of calm measured quite boring uh, it look, makes it look sort of sensible yeah I thought her best launch at line at that launch was my name's Theresa May and I'm running to be the leader of the Tory party it was simple it was direct and I thought that was her well that was after um Nick Watt from Newsnight had asked this, this incredibly long philosophical question which uh, reminds me of my politics seminars from uni and she just knocked it down with this straight line. Yeah. L- l- none of that. Exactly, and I thought it was more authentic as a result. Yeah. Whereas the other lines, let's be honest, the reason the Thatcher line worked yesterday and the reason the Boris line worked at the time is because she's she knows she's buying into a media narrative that's on her side. Let's be frank, a lot of people you know, viewed the, 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 the way that dynamic was working in the same way as she did. And I think it's useful for us sometimes to just step out of that dynamic and think, well, actually, you know, let's look at it in the cold light of day and will it work in the long term? But she doesn't have to try too hard, does she, at the moment? Because, she I mean, Corbyn wasn't particularly good at PMQs. I mean, you know, I, I'm happy to say when Corbyn does well at PMQs, you know, I'm not one of these people that always does badly, but I thought he had a, fan- he had a fantastic moment where he questioned her on Boris Johnson. And he read back some of the things, Boris, line, some of the yeah. language Boris Johnson said. And, you know, did you have a contrasting with the fact that on the steps of Downing Street, she pointed out that young black people in this country generally are treated harsh by the criminal justice system. Did you have a word with your foreign secretary about this? She dodged it. Now, for me, Corbyn should have then got back up and continued reading out what he said. Yeah. Come on, ask the question. Is this not a question of your judgment, Prime Minister? Why have you, have you, how can you send him around the world with these views? And it would have been a really uncomfortable few minutes. Yeah. Well, well, and, and, and if they watched that, raised the whole issue of the send them back vans, which is her biggest misstep as Home Secretary. These great big billboard vans that went around London for what? a day and a half saying you know if you've seen anybody who's an illegal then report this number I mean everyone in government was slightly embarrassed at the time Corbyn should have rammed home that point about her not just Boris but of course as we know he doesn't play by the normal and, rules and he, they could have, he could have asked also the one thing that we did get to make during that very short Tory leadership campaign was the issue of do EU nationals get to stay he, he could have used that yeah. and on Boris if they watched the uh, extremely awkward press conference that Boris Johnson did with John Kerry where the, those two American reporters absolutely like filleted him over his past comments and the visual of watching Boris kind of squirm they, c- they could have repeated that with Boris squirming on the on the front bench next to May and he kind of let it go I think yeah, right I and he could have come well, back uh, on it we might even come back to that Ned might not anyway this week's quiz Oh Come God. on. My bowl it's of been been good. Like, You've given your letters down. You've let your public down on the stats. There's no stat you've, of the week. You've got to okay. raise the bar now on the <laughs> quiz. Come on. It's quite a low bar, so. <laughs> Sorry, right. This week's quiz, right. Which of these countries have had a female head of government? Cool. Okay. I like, I like, okay. okay. If, it's, if they have, girls allowed. That's good. <laughs> if they haven't, boys own. <laughs> this is actually you're getting back on form now right. with your options <laughs> oh language alert what was wrong with that what was wrong with that it's just it's just how smug Owen's face was when he announced the name. Spain <laughs> Boys zone. zone correct Sorry. is this prime minister not president is this, is this head of state or head of government right not head of state head of sure government Paul, not head of state 
Okay. Canada. Boys Zone. No. Girls allowed. Kim Campbell served oh. uh, 132 days in 1993. Oh my god, that's <laughs> brilliant <laughs> trivia. I did not know that. I'm impressed. Turkey. That's got to be. Come oh. on, that's got to be boy zone. I'd I'm going to say girls allowed, just because it seems. Just because of the way that your face looked when you said it, I'm going to say girls allowed. Damn, it is girls allowed. Tanzu Chilla served for three years in 1993 to 1996. We're showing our ignorance, aren't we? Peru. Girls allowed. Girls allowed. I'm going to say boy zone because the way you're raising your eyebrows. Girls allowed. Oh. Three times. Beatrice Marino from 2003 to 2003, 170 days. Uh, Rosario, Rosario, Rosario Fernandez, <laughs> that's the one, uh, in 2011, 131 days. And Anna Jara from 2014 to 2015. Something else. Uh, Mexico. Girls allowed. I'm going to say boy zone. Uh, boy zone? I don't know. Yeah, boy zone. Uh, no women there. Uh, Chile. Oh, you're playing with this. Um, no girls allowed. Girls allowed. I'm losing confidence. I, I, I'm going to go for Girls Allowed too. No. Oh, Boy Zone. Of course, it was Pinochet for <laughs> most of it, wasn't it? <laughs> See, you got to think about it. Uh, Norway. There's got to have been a woman surely running Norway. Boy Zone, I think. Sweet? I no, think he's, he's trying. I don't know. He's roping us here, isn't he? I say Boy Zone. Rope dope. Just the way I'm sitting. What? Boy Zone. Go on, Boy Zone. I've forgotten what I said now. Did I say Norway. 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 Girls Allowed. Oh. I had Gro Harlem Brunsler. Of course, yes. Oh, of course. course. No, she <laughs> said Girls. She the UN. Yeah, she did. three times, right? Yeah. In 1981 for 252 days. I can't believe it. 1986 to 89 and 1990 to 96. Then they had Anne Engel from... Um, loving the pronunciation like 20 days in like 98 and then uh, currently Enna Zolberg oh God, is that current a current, Obviously. A current oh woman dear. there we are um uh, oh God sorry uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lithuania uh, Girls Allowed yeah definitely better. Girls Allowed because the wonderful uh, president uh, president elected president who could have been president of the European Commission at one stage she was a contender uh, she's got a very long surname Girls Allowed you're right twice They've, sorry, two different women. They've had Casimira Prinskini from 1990 to 91. And then they had Irina Dugateni, who was from uh, 99 for 14 days. And then in again in 99 for seven days. So, but they've uh, got a current woman, haven't they? they? Uh, yeah, not according I think to you have. this. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sweden. Uh, girls allowed. Yeah, girls allowed, I think. Paul? I'm going to go off piste. Boy zone. Right, it's boys' own. Oh, Never had a woman sweet. in charge. It's all right. That was brilliant. Well done. Very good. Owen. Yeah, thanks. Mm, I, I, I felt like I felt yeah, like I, I felt like I undersold. I was going to do a who said it, Owen Bennett or Owen Smith next week. Yeah, no, Owen week. Bennett or Owen Jones. That surely yeah. Mm. Yeah. it's much more fun. God damn, that tweets I'm getting about running for Labour leader. I think I know. How's the campaign going? It's all right, to be honest with you, but I did once take a paracetamol, uh, which wasn't given to me by the NHS. I bought it privately from a pharmacist. I'm so I think that probably right. I'm going to I'm gonna make some memes about that yeah. and share them yeah. on Good. Facebook. Anyway, over the pond and the Trump show rolls on to what could be a terrifying conclusion. At the Republican National Convention in Cleveland, Trump was confirmed as the party's official nominee for president. But there was a case of deja vu on the first night when Donald's, when the Donald's wife, Melania, delivered a speech similar to one given by Michelle Obama in 2008. Here are the two side by side with Michelle first. Barack and I were raised with so many of the same values, like 
You work hard for what you want in life. The values that you work hard for what you want in life. That your word is your bond, that you do what you say you're going to do. That your word is your bond, and you do what you say and keep your promise. That you treat people with dignity and respect. That you treat people with respect. If you think about it, it's quite a good way to get other Republicans to applaud a Democrat speech. Ah, <laughs> see what you did there. Right? Yeah. Did this matter? This whole thing? That she, that it, I mean, the speechwriter said, I'm going to quit, and then it said, no, don't worry about it. I think it matters in the sense that it's kind of overshadowed, I think, three days of their convention. So if you, you give it... Surely. It, well, maybe... Because if you think about it, if she'd given uh, the, the first night of that convention, if she'd given a really good speech, which I think it was quite a good speech, it, not just the stuff she nicked from someone else, but if she'd given a good speech, would it be, isn't Donald Trump's wife great? She gave this really good speech, they would have moved on. But it became about that and then the next day they were still talking about it across American media, across all their cable shows, their news shows. It was still that. And then yesterday it was still that issue. So if you're trying to kind of if you're Donald Trump trying to relaunch, redefine yourself for the general election and you're, it's just about that. And also the fact that it looked like he was kind of a little bit hanging his wife out to dry because no one was being fired from it. Mm. For, for doing that, they, it, it looked really weird. I well, don't now they've admitted, haven't they? Yeah, that finally. She, she did plagiarise it, and no one looked at it. and So it's a bit embarrassing. But I think in the grand scheme of things, personally, I think actually it, all, it won't do him any harm over the long run. I really don't think that. I think, in fact, it will do him a lot of good because for the first time many people have ever seen his wife, and they might mm. like the look of her, and they might think, oh, well, she looks okay. She's kind of, you know, she's, it's nice to see the rounded picture, and he, she looks kind of normal, and she can walk and talk and everything. And, we, and let's be honest, she's a bit like Princess Di. She's, she's never previously been heard speaking that much uh, in public. And so I actually think, it curiously, this might do him some good. All the attention, despite... Because people, we get obsessed with, you know gotchas and the media cycle and who d in and who out who's out all that will come out of this week is people know what she looks like and what be, she sounds it like it seems to be quite a tense um convention and there's a lot of clip here of ted cruz who finished second to trump who was booed as he addressed the delegates because he didn't actually really endorse him let's have a clip of that if you love our country and love your children as much as i know that you do stand and speak and vote your conscience vote for candidates up and down the ticket who you trust to defend our freedom and to be faithful to the constitution i appreciate the enthusiasm of the new york delegation and uh Trump Trump tweeted after that, wow, Ted Cruz got booed off the stage, didn't honour the pledge. I saw his speech two hours early, but let him speak anyway. No big deal. Lols. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say lols, but... Um, how split is the Republican Party on this? Because when you look at the pictures, everyone's sort of booing everyone who slags off Trump. You think, wow, this is like a... In some ways, it's kind of like the Labour Party here, right? The activists really get behind the guy at the top. It's the guys in the middle who don't really like him. Is yeah, that, well, that, that the, they're obviously yeah. split, but ultimately, you know, it's a binary choice, the presidential election. You know, there's very few people in the room, senior Republicans who have said, um, look, I'm not going to vote for either Hillary or for Donald. A few have, but not enough to make a difference. And, you know, the, the Democrats' real hope is that a lot of Republicans will stay at home. I think given who their candidate is, Hillary Clinton, that's not going to happen. People are going. If you're a Republican and you're vaguely Republican, you're going to go out and vote against her. 
Yeah, and if you look at what he actually said about Trump during the speech, it was all kind of positive. He just didn't offer <laughs> him yeah, his ringing true. endorsement. And it's, so it's not like the Labour Party here where um, MPs have actually come out or, or published letters to Corbyn they've written, which are just kind of um, completely demolishing him. You made a good point about, about Boris on the, uh, when we were discussing this podcast earlier on, about comparing, you know, we're laughing at, hey, we're laughing at Trump, look at those guys, that crazy guy with mad hair who's going to be the envoy to the world. And then we've got Boris, and as Ned said, you know, he was given a filleting by American journalists reading about some of the things. So maybe we shouldn't be sitting here too smugly looking at the, the craziness they've got, right? Yeah, well, there's an element of that. But the, the more worrying thing, I think, about Trump is, is the fact that, and as Ned alluded to, you know, all the other stuff has been drowned out this week at Republican convention. And the other stuff is actually what are they going to do on policy? So there's loads of contradiction about spending. He wants a massive amount of spending on defence, yet he wants to cut the deficit. He wants to balance the books. There's lots of contradictions in, in Trumponomics which aren't being exposed. There's policy details just not being scrutinised. And simple things like, you know, are they going to be an isolationist America under Trump? Really important well, that issues. Was a, I mean, that was a huge thing wasn't it about NATO I yeah. mean he, he said that basically I mean the idea of NATO is you attack one you attack all yeah and he basically wrote back from that he said yeah. you know if a Baltic mm. state is attacked by Russia hey we'll look and see what they've done for us in the past yeah I mean it's what? extraordinary rewriting of what Americans norm America's norms are as you know a global superpower and the very idea that he said you know states like Turkey well we shouldn't be too hard on them if you know if they want to crack down you know let's let's take each case on its merits let's that's goes counter to everything that every American administration, Republican or Democrat, has always said. They stand up for democracy overseas. You might say they took it too far in the Middle East, but they've always stood up for the Democrats. Um, and, you know, that would be a massive change. On top of that, this idea of an isolationist trade agenda, protectionist trade agenda, as someone said, one of Trump's report, um, supporters this week, good fences make good neighbours. That's the new line you might hear from Trump. Not and no more tearing and it, down means, it means putting up barriers to protect our own workers. And you see it amongst, uh, with Corbyn in a different way. You see it amongst the left in Europe. You see it in, in, in America. And if that happens, well, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, you see it in the right um, across Europe as well. Marie Le Pen, um, etc. All, all of those successful movements have had exactly that policy. Too. Exactly. Uh, it's quite interesting. I mean, who knows where it's going to end. We all know where it's going to end. Trump in the bloody White House, isn't it? It's <laughs> going. I've got a message for uh, another someone else on Twitter. Tom McLeod. No more war zone through the summer, as you revealed today in your war zone pool. But I must know about the podcast you wrote in capital letters. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, the podcast will also be taking a break for the summer. Uh, someone else said was worried that without war, will it be sketchier than it is now? I asked him to define sketchier, and this is what James Bowman said. An increase in jarring non sequiturs mid-discussion and a further decrease in pun quality in the quiz section. <laughs> <laughs> a fan writes. We you like got, you. You've got to get better hiding your pseudonyms on this website. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're going to have a break for something. Are going to anywhere nice, Martha? Just this do the, the thing right. they always do on TV. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> anywhere nice? Uh, well got like a nice bit of roof which uh, which my neighbours don't allow me to go on uh, explicitly but which I do go on uh, see good neighbours make no fences Martha's going to be the that. summer being a cat <laughs> Ned you going away anywhere just, uh, just, just you might miss momentum around if well, you exactly. go away mate I'm going to pop back back home to Brighton for a few days his holiday is coming to the office Yeah, he, his home is at a momentum rally <laughs> yeah. that, that's the norm well, where are you off to I'll be in uh, very very remote France as, as usual every summer going cold turkey on Twitter and all forms of online contact we'll get a break then <laughs> 
And uh, I'll be writing a book out soon. Another one? Yeah. Don't say what it is. God. It's for the Brexit Club. John, what are you doing for the summer? That's <laughs> interesting. John's just lost the... John's wake up, John. Wake up. <laughs> anyway. Are, they, are these on? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, if anyone's still listening after that, have a good summer. And we'll be back in September to uh, talk about how Jeremy Corbyn won the leadership, how uh, Donald Trump is storming to uh, victory in the White House, and how Nigel Farage is back as UKIP leader. See you later. Thanks. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.